Hi everybody and welcome to New Gaming News, a bi-weekly newsletter and podcast giving you some information on sponsors and partnerships, gambling news, and industry education. A peek inside the gambling slash esports world. I'm Jen Yuchin and today I have with me Ari Fox. Hey doing Jen. Happy to be here and uh, really giving everybody a good good concept of what's happening. Uh, in the esports world, from a business perspective, uh, you know, in regard to, you know, where the two worlds are, because my expertise happens to be in the casino area, gambling area, and also esports. So we're we're happy to, you know, give a happy to have this by 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 weekly uh, uh, talk and cover all the things that you know have happened in the last week or so. Yeah. So. We're going to make this a regular thing, Ari and I, talking about some articles that we find and just giving our thoughts on it. Right. Uh, Today we'll start with sponsors and partnerships. I actually found a really interesting article. The title is PSG LGD Secures Six-Figure Betway Sponsorship. So PSG.LGD is a Dota 2 team, and they just entered a six-figure global partnership with the bookmaker Betway. I'm assuming you're familiar with it? Of course. Uh, Betway, I met with them in London in February, representative, and they're very big on getting involved in esports in a very big way. Yes. Uh, I mean, because of the numbers, basically. The numbers are so huge, uh, people who watch esports. So, obviously, Betway is doing the smart thing and getting involved early. And it's only growing, and they're sponsorship is actually a pretty in-depth one their deal includes a jersey a jacket sponsorship and collaborative content creation and social media promotion so they're not only going to provide or partner up on the apparel side but they're also creating content together yeah i mean it's a full overhaul of like you know we're going to bring you know we're bringing to you to the general public Mostly in Europe, because Betway isn't really uh, doing or taking bets in the United States yet. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but mostly in Europe, they're like we're bringing to you the content that you know. I mean, that's I think that's the future of of betting uh, or wagering in esports. I mean, it's really going to be uh, when you're dealing with it or looking at it from an online perspective. It's really going to be uh, you know in game like in in game betting uh, online or you know you'd be able to do it from your home and it makes so much sense because I mean obviously esports starts online mm-hmm. and then you know and then you have your tournaments per- periodically throughout the year but you know the foundation of esports and communication of esports and the communities on esports are all online so it's Betway is an online betting platform and then by by them promoting their name. Uh, and doing the sponsorships, and also, by the way, in Europe, I think it's legal to bet at eighteen. Yeah. In some in some of the some of the countries there, so um, you know, it, it just makes so much sense. And I think they're going to, you know, believe it or not, they're going to be the leaders in esports wagering um, because they're really getting their name out to the communities, and that's what it takes. Yeah. I mean, that's what it takes. Um, you know, when when you want to be the leader in something, unless you really screw it up, like. Blizzard's done <laughs> uh, from a managerial perspective, yeah. but um, you know I don't really see that. That I mean, I Betway's a very good company. Uh, there's other companies like Luckbox and other places like that that are also um, getting into the know, branding and sponsorship deals. Yeah, and getting into branding sponsorship deals, but slowly building their brand in in the wagering space. 
but it's just it's just going to take off. I mean, you're going to see more and more of it um, yeah. because it is so huge, and because the 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 audiences of esports are, you know, at this point rivaling you know the conventional sports, um, and and people love it. They love watching it. I mean, look look at the the Fortnite thing was at Arthur Ashe Stadium. It was a packed house. Yeah, and the num the online numbers were astronomical. Yeah. And their prize I mean, pool, obviously. I don't know what they were. Do you, do you have an idea what they were? Um, I can look it up. Give me one second. So, two million people streamed the Fortnite World Cup Finals. You know, there's been so much. I mean, let's talk about the, the fact that there's been so much comparison between conventional sports and esports. Yeah. And honestly, there is no comparison. It's a completely different animal. You know, it is so much more of an entertainment perspective... I mean, you can get this, the adrenaline, there's all of that, but it's much more of a, um, you know, you're like watching a movie sort yeah. of, of people, you know, in, that are these avatars or these people that are representative of the characters in the game. Yeah. And it's very different than watching conventional sports. Well, you see it from watching. their point of view, too. Imagine being able to pick your favorite football player and, like, watching it from his eyes. Exactly. Exactly, which you know, I and seeing his stats as you go, I guarantee you to keep to keep a younger audience. You know, conventional sports are going to start putting like cameras on the on the hats and you know on the helmets of the players, so yeah. that people will see much more from a bird's eye view what the hell's going on. But honestly, it's like okay, you're going to make that attempt, but there's really you know, you conventional sports is going to have to catch up, and it already is. Conventional sports is going to have to catch up to esports. For, to gain to gain audience, um, because really what's happening is all the audience is moving towards these sports. Yeah, and that's where you know that's what's going to happen. But you know, as far as the Betway thing is concerned, getting back to that, um, it makes plenty of sense. The Betway thing is, you know, they're doing the right thing, they're making the right moves, and early on, let's see how it all pans out. But there's going to be a lot of players in the wagering yeah. in the wagering side of things. Well, just as a side note, uh, Betway is also partnered with Blast Pro Series, ESL, Ninjas in Pajamas, Big, Invictus Gaming, and Immortals Gaming Club brand. So right. they're really digging their hands into it. Right, and, and, and they may get other betting uh, platforms that are going to get involved. I mean, they're basically the ones that are leading the pack. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everybody has to be the, you know, has to be the one that breaks the ice. And they're the ones breaking the ice, for sure. Mm, that was well said. Yeah. All right, I'm going to push forward to some gambling news in general. Sure. I'm opening up my article so I can reference it. I think you're talking about the, uh, it was in The Guardian, video game firms facing prosecution over gambling by children. Yeah, perfect. You um, know, I mean, it's, that's, that's a major issue. I mean, I'm actually going to a conference in Washington, D.C. on August 7th. Really? Um, yeah, it's a seminar. It's a one-day seminar. Um, and To discuss really, this? Yeah, I mean, well, this one in particular, there were two articles that came out. One in the BBC and then I think one in, you know, this was The Guardian. Mm-hmm. And these, these articles were generally about one was in regards to what, what was going on in London and the legislation they're dealing with in England about, you know, um, I think one parent complained that his kid used, uh, spent like 3,000 pounds on a FIFA uh, Mm -hmm. loot box. 
Well, I think specifically they said that English law, uh, these product these products are not defined as gambling to under English law, and if that law changes, they said they would maybe tackle it tackle it a little bit more. But I think specifically, like England is not going to do much about loot boxes and microtransactions, especially for the underage, because it's not considered gambling to them. Right. Right, and and well, what the the reason we're where we're getting with the the identification of gambling is, for example, um, if you're playing anything like uh, I don't know, um, uh, CS:GO mm-hmm. or um, or 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 you know uh, you know uh, uh, Call of Duty or any of those games, and you can buy, you can upgrade and buy you know skins, loot boxes, whatever. Um, I really think that the concept behind that is that. When somebody buys a loot box, for instance, it's like this. It's you know when you play a slot machine, and I'm sure you know because I'm older than you, and you know I mean you know usually I've played slot machine. I'm sure you have. I've played slot machine. Okay. I think I won twelve dollars. It's it's a game of chance. You're pulling that level, and you don't know what you're gonna get, right? Yeah. So, but you're really really trying to do is trying to win money, because you're you know that's that's the reward. So what's the reward in buying a loot box? Let's say the loot box, think of it from a competitive view. The loot box is like pulling the lever. So the person who really wants to win the game will do anything to win the game. So he's taking a chance and buying that loot box in hopes that he's going to win a big prize of whatever weapon he's going to get, whatever you know, skinny's gonna get whatever he's gonna get mm-hmm. in that in that loot box. So that's the allure. That's hoping the, hoping that, that you get the thing that you want, and then when you don't get it, uh, they're assuming that you're gonna keep pumping money into it to keep opening loot boxes until you get what you actually want, rather than straightforward allowing you to purchase it. Right. So the psychology behind that, and there's been a lot of psychology that has been, you know, studied on gambling. That's gambling. Because as far as like playing or trying to win something for another for another purpose, so you're trying to win money. You know, it's not actually. Well, I mean, it is actually money. You're buying a loot box. Mm-hmm. They That's argue like, though that it's not real world value, so that's where the difference is. Yeah, but then if they take that loot box or whatever they get on it, and then they they sell it, trade it out, or sell it. Yeah, trade out or sell it. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, is it then it is worth money then yeah. to somebody? And I guess that so, depends on the mechanics of the game that's doing it. Because right, a game like Overwatch, they don't. You can't gift loot boxes or anything like that, as far as I know. And you can't right. like gift your skins. So maybe Blizzards are the ones that are like teetering on the more morally correct side of it. I don't know. I don't have the but answer to that, right, but, but here's, it's interesting. Here, here's here's the answer to to the problem. There's a couple answers to the problem. If there is going to be loot boxes and, and someone is deemed that it is actually gambling, then let's put it to the world of gambling and the world of esports. So let's say to the people who run, you know, gambling or are, are in the industry of gambling, okay, well, we have a situation here and they're considering this gambling, so we need to regulate it. Mm-hmm. So let's say there's games out there. Because, you know, I mean, if you go into a casino right now, you'll, go to, you'll see a slot machine. Or even if you go into an online casino, there's going to be games with themes of, like, um, uh, Willy Wonka, for example. So now Willy Wonka was a, was a, you know, was a show, a movie that, you know, 
we watched when we were kids or when I did when yeah. I was going on. Yeah, candy, so, uh, imagination, kid-based. And there's candy, imagination, and then they have some other, they have other slot machines that have other, like um, Monopoly. Everybody plays Monopoly. Mm-hmm. So they have these Monopoly slot machines. So um, what is it that exactly what we're talking about? Well, I'm saying, from my, my argument is, okay, let's get the gambling and the eSport people together and then say, hey, there's a whole other business here. Yeah. So what you can do from that perspective is, okay, there, you could play Fortnite for younger people, but then there's Fortnite for older people. There's like the younger version and the older version. Mm-hmm. And the older version is for, you know, you restrict it, you... You make sure that you know you have uh, uh, online verification software. So you're you talking up, like an in-game, like adult section of it. That's what you're exactly. talking about. Yeah. Wow. Eighteen or twenty-one years older must be able to. Play, you want to play Fortnite and you want to buy loot boxes yeah. and skins. It's for an older crowd. So you have it for the younger crowd and you have it for the older crowd. So at that point, would you have to like scan your ID in? Because it'd be hard for them to regulate that, honestly. Because if I'm a 13-year-old really, kid and I want to play, I just put in that I'm of the age. Yeah, but there is now that exists, and I've seen it, um, at casinos because there's a lot of online casinos and they've been regulated to the hilt. You have to take a picture of your license. Okay. You have to take a picture of your face. You have to sign a waiver. There's, like, all these, like, verification software problem things that you do online before yeah. you're able to go in and play. So... If you're not, and if your license doesn't match up to your credit card, you know, then there's a there's a problem there. They flag it, so it, it it's it's you know, and then and then there is the opportunity for older people if they want to go to a bar and hang out, or even just really have a rocking good time and play video games. Mm-hmm. Go to a casino. Go to a brick and mortar. Yeah, you're right. So I mean, there's there's ways to hold the le- to level up the whole industry of esports. Now esports is going to make money, and so is the people of the casino world going to make. Everyone everyone works out. It all works out for everybody. So I think that's where we're going, um, and I think that's a that's a great way to look at it uh, because now you can get the things that you need. There's because why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. Why reinvent the regulatory process? Why re? Just get the gambling world to understand the esports world and collaborate, and, vice versa, and collaborate and work together to create a new ecosystem. Because it wouldn't be a stretch at all; it would just be an extension of, exactly. of the game that they already have. Exactly, and they would so make that, money. Exactly, and everybody. But you know, you still have the games mm-hmm. available to younger people to play as long as they want to play. You know, because you know, I sit down when I sat down with my kids. We played Monopoly when they were twelve years old. But now they can walk into a casino. They're t- they're over twenty one, and they can play Monopoly on a slot machine. It's the same. It's it's not exactly the same game, but it is the the theme of that game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, are you saying that casinos have like their own version of the game, or you're saying that these developers and companies well, make well, the happen, game with these channels inside of them? Yeah, well, what I mean, what would have to happen is that the casinos would, you know, you'd have to regulate it on, on a casino-regulated data uh, server, on mm-hmm. a data, you know, at a data center. Yeah. That is a regulated data center. You know, because it has to have all the software for verification and everything mm-hmm. else if it's going to be an online. Because right now in New Jersey, we have online casinos. So if you go on to Caesar's website that's, you know, in Atlantic City, you can play an online slot machine. You can play an online poker game. They they add now they add um, 
that can add to it online esports. So that's either wagering on it or peer-to-peer play, um, but it's all regulated at 21 or older. Do you think that they're going in that direction, or they're not even aware of it yet? Oh, they're definitely going in that direction. Mm. It, that's going to happen. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Because as a 27-year-old, I would 100% go to a casino to play Overwatch and gamble on it. Of course, but we maybe not even do it at a casino. Why, why wouldn't you go online and play online? From my why house, yeah. Yeah, why would you go online, bet 20 bucks that you could beat somebody, and then, you know, uh, you win money that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, people would stay home all day long at, at 21 or older and play, you know, online first. And not only are you not only are you winning money, but you're also getting, um, uh, you, if you're a player, if you belong to their players club, then you're getting all those benefits of, like, you know, you're getting, you know, a free room mm-hmm. or a weekend or... You know, you're getting into clubs, or you get to go to their, there's, you know, poshy restaurant, and you know, they, you get a comped meal. I mean, there's so many things you can. Yeah, pretty much can, giving you the luxuries and the um, extra stuff that you would give somebody who comes to your casino all the time, but just with esports. Exactly. It wouldn't exactly. even be changing anything. It would just be adding to it. Exactly, and it would, and everybody, you know, would be great. So I think that's where we're going. I think, and I think that there'll be other games that are adapted by developers that are esport oriented that are directed toward an older audience. Mm-hmm. A perfect example is CS:GO. Let's just start there. Yeah, they're the OG that everybody talks about because they were the first, and I mean, I don't know if they were the first, but they were the earliest of the gambling. Yeah, I mean, they they already started wagering. I mean, it's huge in Europe. CS:GO's wagering in Europe is enormous. Yeah. Um, and then StarCraft, you know, in, in Korea was enormous, too. I mean, that's where it all started. I think in 2006 when Blizzard, you know, was going, doing StarCraft uh, first uh, wave of eSport tournament uh, in South Korea. And, of course, betting went along with that. And, that, you know, I mean, even as everybody knows, I mean, last year's wagering on eSports was around $5 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I think for 2021, it's like, you know, uh, estimated to be like near 13 billion dollars i mean esports alone as everyone has is only one billion dollar industry at this point and i would say that you know 60 to 70 percent of that is investment money mm-hmm. <laughs> you can even you say know. um personally i think that kids are already betting on it even um in a legal standpoint if you are entering a tournament with a prize pool that's gambling yeah. of course so why not take, like, the actual casinos and the online gaming sites, why not just take that, take a percentage, and then it's still... Because venues take venue fee, it'd be the same exact thing. Yeah, but I mean, um, the basic nature, the basic nature of, of esports to begin with, you know, or even video game play, if mm-hmm. you go back to the arcades, you know, kids... Betting the other one that they were playing, you know, one-on-one play. And yeah. Okay, I'm gonna beat you. All the time. You know, I'll bet you twenty bucks. I'll beat you. You know, I mean, it, the, the nature of it. Um, if you're playing games, you're probably competitive. It's in your right. blood. I mean, listen, that's what um, you know. I love about the you know the, the FGC. FGC community is just incredible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's such a it's such a challenge there. Uh, that you know you can start just the, from that alone it's it's you know you can see the competitive nature of people who play video games I you agree. know what i'm saying 
Yeah, so so what else did we see in the news uh, in the last week or so? All right, it, um, it goes into what we were just talking about. It's uh, FIFA packs and loot boxes are not gambling in the UK. So it is essentially what we were talking about. Right, and it's a nice segue to know that uh, I think in Belgium or something, they like actually banned loot boxes. They did, and... Um, Nintendo, we talked about this in the last newsletter, but Nintendo actually took two of their mobile games off of their market because they have in-game transactions and, like, uh, loot box-type items. So it's funny because if you look at the, if you look at what's happening, London says, okay, it's not gambling. Belgium's like, I don't even want to deal with it. It's, it's illegal. Yeah. So take you know what I mean? Um, and so that's, I think you find a lot of, of interesting perspectives from government to government so i really am interested to see because you know the united states right now from a federal perspective why i'm going down to dc is just starting to talk about this it's just starting to unfold and and every country is having a different opinion about it um but it is getting down to a point where publishers are going to have to be responsible for what's happening here and you know i you know everyone knows i I've, Put it out there that uh, Jay Moses from, um, you know, uh, uh, Take Two Media uh, will be at the Casino Esport Conference, and you know that's the first step. I mean, it's it's the publisher's step now to come to the table to the gambling side and say, hey, we can work together. You know, I'm getting pressure from from the from you know politically from governments because of loot boxes and stuff like that. I need your help. Let's do something. Mm -hmm. And so we're already moving in that direction. It's just a question of, you know, how quick, how soon, you know, and when will this be developed to, you know, develop new, new types of ways that people can engage. And let's, let's face it, at the end of the day, it's really about fun. It's really about having a good time. And it's entertainment. I mean, that's what we're talking about. But let's do it responsibly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's own it. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I'm seeing articles about what happened this past weekend. And then next, this, this coming weekend, I think, is Evo. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, in Vegas, but I'm seeing all these things about how esports has hit mainstream. So if it's hit mainstream, let's do it. Let's, yeah. Let's, you know, let's 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 get on this already because it's been you know we've been dancing around it and esports has sort of been you know not nobody's really understanding it, but it's really becoming a real thing. I don't understand um, what's there to understand. Well, a lot of people just don't get the games, but they have to start watching them. Yeah. Really Even if you don't understand them. the games, though, the general concept. Is all you need. Just right. people playing competitively, just like they would IRL. But it's harder for it's hard for people. Like you know, I was reading an article today about us, the kid from Argentina that won the nine hundred thousand dollars, came in third place in Fortnite. But I mean, the one of the articles was like, or a comment actually that someone left on LinkedIn was, you know, you know, this is this is a wonderful scene because the father was like hugging the the kid. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, he made all this money for their family, and 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 in the comment, it was like. You know, this should be. This should show that you know a parent should always support their child in whatever their passion is. And this kid's passion was playing Fortnite. You know, and you know, obviously, it's like you know, you don't want your kid to turn into a blob just playing video games, like you yeah, know, whatever. There should be a limitation. But if a kid has really got some talent in something, you know, why not encourage them to do it? I 100% agree, especially since there's so many outlets for them to grow. Especially exactly. like you, we were talking about earlier off the podcast in the collegiate racket 
and that'll kind of get their skill up. And then once they graduate and they're 21 and they're old enough to be competitive and they can gamble and things like that, it just all comes full circle. Yeah, I mean, it's all about it's all about and you know encouragement. It's all about supporting. And you know we, we you know it's about community. Yeah, I mean, Esource is still forming, and I mean, you've met the people from the Collegiate Star League, and you know Neil Duffy and those guys, mm-hmm. and Stocks. Maybe we'll have them on the show at some point. But I mean, they're they're really influential because you know they represent a lot of colleges at this point. And you know, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about how the colleges would be a feeder for the pro pro levels. Yeah, and 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 that's a distinct possibility. But I mean, you have some kids that are so talented. And they're like, you know, 16, 15 years old. I mean, what do you do with them? You know, yeah. I mean, are they are they able to play? And then, you know, um, did you see recently there was a, a a woman, a girl, first girl to be on the FaZe Clan. Oh, she's a deaf Fortnite player. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's an exciting thing. So what I think is really amazing for esports, that what's really a, a turn a turn of events is that here we're working, we're going into a whole new type of competitive thing, and there's no genders. There's no gen- There's no gender, um, it's all genders. Yeah, and it's extremely it's a- inclusive too, even like control-wise, there are inclusive, adaptive controllers for those with disabilities that can give them the opportunity to be just as skilled. So that's why esports is important just for the future, not to get on a tangent, but it cuts, right. I mean, the gender barrier is breaking down. It's still there, but it's breaking down. You have um, people with, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Traditional disabilities, I'm using air quotes, that can fit in just with everybody else because they have the controller for it. It's pretty amazing. Right. Well, I wanted to just drop, I wanted to just drop down now to our last, um, you know, uh, uh, article with uh, in Gaming Law Review. And it was a, addressing integrity and regulatory risks mm-hmm. in esports, uh, responsibility of the whole esports community, and you know, uh, you know, just from this perspective, I mean, I know Ian Smith at at, at ESIC and and the Esports Integrity Coalition in London. They're doing a great job, amazing job there. Um, and you know, as it grows, as it you know develops, I mean, this article net mentions International Olympic Committee and all that stuff because it talked about the. The, you know the Olympics etc and all of that things mm-hmm. that are happening but I mean overall um, from the people in the perspective of people who play esports and I started this you know because you know we uh, you know we I started working with you on GameCon and things like that you know people who play video games to start with have their own integrity about things they they really want to be authentic and, and they don't want to cheat um, it does happen no one's going to deny that. In fact, the Chinese were caught by by ESIC a few times, Russia, um, some Russian teams and stuff, stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, overall, I think you're going to find as there is more regulation going into it. Um, and, you know, there's got to be rules for players. There's got to be some kind of reward that they're going to have. And there might be even a, a labor union that's designed for players in the future. But this is all developing it's going to develop very quickly. It's going to happen very quickly. Esports is going to start rising to a top where no one's ever expected it to rise. And I really see that there's a lot going on here. I think it's because um, it has no barriers. There are no barriers, right? And that's what's so amazing about it. It's just it's it's infinite. And and what I think you know when we're you know it's t- we're talking about you know uh, there's so many things in the world right now that are becoming so infinite. Uh, when the internet was created, obviously the concept behind that was you know 
computer to computer, but now it's so infinite. Uh, cryptocurrency is another topic, and that gets involved in esports as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're talking about that at the Casino Esport Conference. So there's so many aspects and things. Not what's really going on here, I think, from esports and generally and overall, is it's creating new jobs, new businesses, new concepts, new development in technology, and it's really creating much more of a overall. Um, view of um, how things can develop in a way that everyone can share in them, and you know, um, really be entertained. I, I think I'm 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 really excited about the future for esports. I'm really excited about the future of the casino industry, and I think that as we move forward, um, you know, we're going to add more people to our talks, and we'll have some people in to talk, uh, you know, in the future um, as guests. But I think what we're talking about here is just. An, am- an amazing phenomenon that um, was a long time coming. It had it had its shot back in 2009, um, but then it like petered out, and then it came back again. Uh, now it's come back strong, and it's not going anywhere. It's not um, going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, perfect segue sure. into our last article. Uh, mm-hmm. Just quick, mainstream media coverage of esports grows as the Washington Post hires dedicated staff. So the Washington Post is catching wind of this. They're hiring a staff to cover this because print is, quote-unquote, dying, and they're getting into it. They're getting into esports because they know that is all, not all that's left, but... Well, that's what goes, I goes I, like, it goes back to what I just said. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, look at all the new jobs that are going to be created by people who are going to talk about esports. 100%. And think about it from this perspective. Conventional sports, we have baseball, soccer... You know, football, basketball, uh, golf, tennis, whatever. But from the perspective of esports, think of the multiple types of games, the intricacies, the, the the you know the different publishing organizations that are and the orgs that are putting out, and all the different mm-hmm. personalities. Because every community is different from every from one place from one game to the next. So it's a, such an interesting landscape of so many different colors so that's what makes it so much more interesting than conventional sports yeah and it's funny because conventional sports have even transferred into the esports space uh nfl is doing a huge madden tournament they're sponsored by like snickers and other big names and nba 2k league is huge as well so it's funny that the comparison is there but uh traditional sports are already doing esports they're there right i know and we're going to hear a lot more about the the nba 2k yeah the other things that uh that uh, Take Two Media is doing. I mean, they're putting a casino inside GTA. Yeah, I mean, they are, and that's but been I, raising some questions. I even think it's banned a few places already, but I'm not a hundred percent on well, the facts I, I of that. Was, I heard it was wasn't for real money. Yeah. So we don't know yet, but I think that's pretty cool to start with. Yeah, I have something and, up and, on it really quickly. It says, uh, it's unclear what the player mechanics behind the Diamond Resort Casino will be, but its website suggests that the in-game chips will be required, but is not known whether they will be acquired through purchase or gameplay or both. So right. they don't even know yet, but they're looking into the addictive technologies. I mean, look at it, look at it even from this perspective. I mean, that's just one aspect, but I mean, we're looking at so many different things that are happening, and of course, you know, NBA is getting involved with the NBA 2K, Madden's getting, you know, NFL's getting involved with Madden, because they don't want to lose their viewership, they want to continue getting more people for conventional sports too, so they're going to keep them on the video games. Yeah. And I think it's a brilliant idea, 
But we're going to hear a lot more of that from Jay Moses, the keynote speaker at the CEC, which I, I'm real excited about. And I hope a lot of people that listen to this podcast will join us uh, in Las Vegas on September 4th and 5th at the Luxor uh, Arena and listen to Jay Moses talk about what the future is in regards to esports and gambling. It's going to be amazing. All right. I think that's a wrap today. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and catch us back in two weeks.